Well, we are off to a pretty good start this morning, aren't we? Wow. How many of you know that God is doing something in this place? Something good. How many of you know what Sunday it is today? Palm Sunday. So lift up both your palms and wave them at your neighbor. Maybe give them a high five. Say happy Palm Sunday. There we go. Are we high-fiving now? Too early? I'm high-fiving. Or you can air-five. Air-five's all good. All right. Well, my name's Cameron. I'm the youth pastor here. My wife, uh, Jennifer, and I, the beautiful lady up here playing keyboard, as my wife, and um, we youth pastor the junior high high school students. We're meeting this week, Thursday night, 6.30 to 7.45, so come on out. We're having food this week. We're going to have games, and uh, it's going to be awesome, so... Uh, If you know someone in junior high, high school, invite them out as well. Love to see you there. Whoa, it's lighter than I thought it was. Um, Last week, Pastor Doug spoke on John chapter 9, and this week I get to continue it up. We are going into John 10 this morning, learning about the Good Shepherd today. Amen. I'm going to tell you what the goal is of my message, and then we're going to work through the message, and then at the end we can see if I accomplished my goal. The goal of this message today is to reveal Jesus today as the Good Shepherd, both who the Good Shepherd is and what the Good Shepherd does. Can you say amen? Amen. Let's open with prayer. Father, we just thank you right now for this morning, for this service time. We just give this time to you. Thank you, Lord, for open hearts, open ears, open minds to hear what the Spirit is saying to our church today. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's look at, take a moment to look at John chapter 10. We'll read through verse 1 through 15, and then we'll break them down into individual verses. John chapter 10, Jesus the true shepherd. This is Jesus talking. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this illustration, but they did not understand the things which he spoke to them. Has Jesus ever spoken to you, and you didn't fully understand what he's talking about? Well, you're not alone. Then Jesus said to them again, Most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I have come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. There is abundant life for us in here today. I am, verse 11, I am the good shepherd. He's not holding back. He's fully revealing himself. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. The cross right there is testimony to Jesus, the good shepherd, giving his life for the sheep. But a hireling who is, not, who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and he leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf catches the sheep and scatter them. By the way, Jesus will never leave you or forsake you or forget about you. The hireling flees because he's a hireling. He doesn't care about the sheep. 
I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and am known by my own. As the Father knows me, even so I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. Isn't it good that Jesus is going to lay down or has laid down his life for you? So let's look at this a little bit. Verse 3, he calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out. Do you know that God, maybe you don't know this. Do you know that God knows your name? He knows where you live. He knows the, the color of your hair. He knows the amount of hairs on your head, which means he has a little easier time with me, doesn't he? He knows the kind of dental floss you use. He knows the color car that you drive. He knows your ambitions. He knows where you work. He knows your desires. He knows the secret places of your heart. He knows everything there is to know about you. He, he calls his own sheep by name. And knowing isn't just knowing facts, but it's knowing you intimately, the deep, intimate things of your life. The cares, maybe, the, wor the worries, maybe some of the things that you even brought in here with you this morning. Not maybe. He does know the things that you walked in here with this, this, this morning. Verse 4. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Did you know that you could know the voice of God? Did you know that you could know that he's speaking to you? In my studies this week, I, I found something about the sheepfold. And this is what I found. The sheepfold was usually an enclosure made of rocks with an opening for the door. The shepherd would guard the flock or flocks at night by lying across the opening. It was not unusual for several flocks to be sheltered together in the same fold. In the morning, the shepherds would come, call their sheep, and assemble their own flocks. Each sheep recognized his own master's voice. Come on, you could recognize the voice of your heavenly father. You can recognize the voice of Jesus. I have three kids right now in city kids class. And after, after, um, after I preach this morning, if I don't forget, I've forgotten about him before back there. And I go back, hey, Psy guy, that's uh, because he, you know, I've, I got my own names for him. How do you know that Jesus even created his own names for people? Hey, Psy, hey, Calder, that they would recognize the sound of my voice. Well, we could recognize the sound of our Heavenly Father. My daughter, Everly Joy, I've sh to my wife's chagrin, she can't stand this, I call her EJ, and now it's just EJ. So EJ, and she would recognize the sound of my voice. Well, we could recognize the voice of our Father. Somebody once said, I heard a minister say this, we're intelligible beings, he's an intelligible being, surely we can communicate together. Come on. How to become acquainted with his voice in your notes by reading and meditating in his word. He will never speak anything that disagrees with the written word of God. So maybe there's, you want to get into some daily reading. Have you, have you taken the time to read the whole Bible through? I would encourage you. I would challenge you to read the whole counsel, the whole thought of God. And that's one way to begin to recognize and understand his voice by hearing what he says throughout the scriptures. Something else I love to do is... Have you ever heard of meditate in the word? This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written therein. Then you will make your way prosperous. You will have good success. Psalm, where, Psalm 1. The word meditate means to just roll it over. 
and roll it over. It's how a cow would go and, and eat some grass, and then it would, it, would, it would chew it, and then it would swallow it, and then it would ruminate. It would bring it back up into its mouth and chew it some more. Come on, there is so much good fat, good nutrients, good life, good abundance in the Word of God. So we can read through the Bible. We can get into the, did I just hear like a Chick-fil-A reference or something? I don't know what happened up here. We can meditate in the Word of God. Maybe, and I have a, a version app, by the way, and there's some really just good daily devotional stuff. I would even recommend that to you as well. So we want to read and meditate, but also to become acquainted with this voice, spending time with him, spending time in fellowship with him in prayer and in worship. I will even add, I'll throw in a plug too. We meet, we have online Monday night prayer and we meet here in person for Wednesday night prayer. So come on out and just spend some time fellowshipping with God. And that's a great way to develop your ears to hear his voice. What time Wednesday night? 6.30 to 7.30 p.m. So come on out for that. And verse 5 says, Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Come on, we're not going to respond to any weird voices, any strange voices, but we're going to become acquainted with his voice by spending time with him and understanding what he speaks through his word. Verse 9, I am the door. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The word saved means delivered, in your notes, delivered, safe and sound. How many of you just by a show of hands would just testify, God has saved me. He's delivered me. Safe and sound. Come on. I've shared my testimony. I don't think I'll get there now, but boy, I was a guy that was broke, busted, and disgusted. I've gone through seasons of suicidal thoughts. Uh, even yesterday, I remember there was a time when I sat down at a computer and I began to write out, check this out, a death note. Like, I, I, like it's an actual thing. Like I begin to realize that I'm typing out some of my last words. If you've ever been there, come on. Come on now. God will get you out of that place. Delivered, safe, and sound. Come on. I studied, all, I studied a lot of all the religions in the world. I don't think there's a lifetime for that, but I studied a lot. I studied Buddhism and Confucianism and Taoism and Hinduism and New Age, but nobody ever delivered me like Jesus had. Come on. He is the door. You must enter through Jesus. Jesus said in John 14, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You've got to go through the door to get to the Father. You want to go to heaven. You want to be with the Father. You've got to go through the door. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. And now as I thought about this, because he said, I am the door. Well, yeah. You, he is the door, and I know that. I've found the door. I've been through the door. There's a wide open door this morning. We're showing you the door. It's an open door. Now, some people think, well, I, I'm going to get to the Father, but I don't know about this Jesus bit. Maybe I'll just do some good works. What if I could just do good works to get into heaven? As I thought, you know, I remember back, I used to drive, I drove garbage truck for years. My dad owned a garbage company, which meant every summer it was like, Dad, I think I'm going to be a builder this summer, and I think I'm going to build some. Now, you're going to come, and you're, you're going to pick up garbage. It was just, that's what my grandfather owned a garbage company. My second cousin owned a garbage company. My uncle 
My Uncle D, as they call him, he owns two garbage companies. My dad owned a garbage company. There was no way getting around. We were, we were driving garbage truck in the summer. And I remember on those hot summer days going to pick up two, two, uh, two yard garbage dumpsters full of fish and shrimp. And they were heavy. I used to have guns, by the way. I used to, yeah, he said, still I do. Yeah, right. I don't know about that. You know, you, you'd, actually, you, man, you'd actually stay in shape. Pushing some, garbage, pushing some garbage dumpsters around. But it was hot, and it, it was, did it smell? It was smelly. The first month of my marriage with my wife, Jen, I invited her out to go on a garbage truck ride with me. She got out. Yeah, I thought that'd be kind of cool. Ride along. Ride along day. She got out of the truck early morning at a seafood restaurant dumpster. She took one whiff. She was dry heaving us back to the cab. Back to the cab. She never got invited back out again. Well, I know these are just stories. And I remember hot summers and this, this little lady, she would drive around in a brown Ford Explorer and she would just be flagging me down. Just flag, like for me, she was like the nicest gal I ever met. She went out of her way to track the garbage driver down to deliver me an ice cold 12 ounce can of Coca-Cola classic. Come on, can you say the name of Jesus? Amen. Now for me, I was like, this, this, this is the most awesomest, amazing woman in the world. Surely she's going to Jesus. Surely he's going to heaven. These are good works. But how many of you know just because you're nice and generous and loving and sweet doesn't get you to heaven, does it? It doesn't get you to the Father. Although bless that woman, and although we love good works, good works alone will not save us, will they? God has created good works beforehand that we should walk in them, but we do the good works out of our salvation, out of being new creations in Christ, but the good works alone don't make us right with God, do they? Come on. Jesus said, I'm the door. Nobody comes to the Father but my me. Bless that. Bless that dear old lady, though, huh? Just this past week... I had someone ask me if I had studied the Quran, and in my Eastern religion studies, I, maybe a little bit, but I couldn't remember much about it. So I went back this week and thought, you know, what, what, did, what did the Quran teach? And let me read this about the Quran. The Quran is the central religious text of Islam, believed by Muslims to be a revelation from God. And the Quran teaches that the standard for salvation is having one's good deeds outweigh one's bad deeds. Therefore, it is based on human effort. I mean, that would actually be kind of convenient, I think. I mean, if it was just, just doing good deeds, we could get to heaven that way, get to the Father, that'd be awesome. Like, I was thinking about this. I'd wake up in the morning. Maybe I'd do three good things, okay? But then I've got a little, a little balance. I mean, maybe I could do two, two bad things. Yeah, I got a little wiggle room. I like that. I could do two bad things. I'm plus one for the day. I could go to my bedroom, put on the Masters Golf Championship, and watch golf all day, and I come out and the, the most spiritual, holy, religious guy there is, right? But it's not based on human effort, is it? What does the Bible teach? Salvation is offered as a gift by God. What do you do to receive a gift? Come on. Jesus actually stands at the door and knocks, doesn't he? Just open the door. Come on in. I think you have to humble yourself, though, too. I guess for me, because I was in somewhat, as I mentioned earlier, a suicidal point I was hungry that's why I was reading all the text I needed some help I needed I needed a real true help so I thought I'm gonna go to the big religions of the world finally somebody left me a bible I read through the new testament all it took for me was the new testament and I had a revelation that Jesus is the son of God Jesus come into my heart come on make me new so doing good works doesn't get you right with God Jesus does he's the door 
Maybe we could give a lot of money to be right with God. Maybe we could purchase our way in, just have a lot of buying power. That would also be convenient too, but that's human effort. And we could all just go out, maybe ask for a raise, work a lot of overtime, maybe go back to school, get our PhDs and become um, doctors and lawyers. I did a law school class once too, Pastor Doug. I lasted one night in the class. I said, I'm going back to my ceramic studio. Making bowls, was a, <laughs> making bowls and pots was a lot more fun. So doing good works won't get you to heaven. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and life. Giving a lot of money won't do it. Then I thought, well, what about people? Some people think that maybe just strength and effort. I'm just going to will my way to the Father. I'm going to just muscle my way into heaven. This past week or two, uh, I don't remember where I heard it, but I heard a song on the radio. And it was a song by Tom Petty. And uh, it's called I Won't Back Down. Maybe you've heard the song. And I do, yeah, thank you. And I do know, I do believe Tom Petty passed away, I think this last year or two. But I was listening to this song and it really caught my attention. And my wife was coaching me because she says I start too low or too high. And I'm going to sing it. Tom Petty, I won't back down. Well, I, do you like that key, Jen? Is it too high? Where am I at? Well, I won't back down. No, I won't back down you can stand me up at the gates of hell but i won't back down and it must have been a live show <laughs> that was my audition for the worship team no i'm joking i'm joking <laughs> what are we talking about Oh, that's right. He's saying he's at the gates of hell, but he won't back down. Look, it. you can be at the gates of hell and say, I'm not going there. Look, the only way you're going to heaven and not going there is you've got to go through the door. You've got to go through Jesus Christ. He is the way. He is, to, he is the truth. He is the life. Nobody comes to the Father but by him. Now, somebody might say, well, that seems a little narrow-minded. That seems a little shallow. That seems awfully limiting. Well, guess what Jesus said in Matthew 7? Enter by the narrow gate. For wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and there are many who go in by it, because narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way which leads to life, and there are few who find it. It is called the narrow way. It is called the narrow gate. But guess what? We have good news. We found the way. We found the door. We found the gate. We found the way in. Come on. Let us go in by the narrow gate. Jesus is the door, and the door is wide open. He continues in verse 10. The thief does not come except to do what? Three things. Steal, kill, and destroy. It's like I, I had a friend who, who said that his truck got broken into and had all his CDs ripped off. And he was actually pretty pleasant about it. He thought, well, I guess they just needed him more than me. My thought went to this. I think the thief came. I think the thief came to steal, to kill, to destroy, to bring destruction, to bring death, bring disease, bring sickness. But Jesus contrasts that. But guess why I've come? But I have come. But I have come. That you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. Not life just sucking air, just breathing, just going about the earth living. A quality, an abundance of life that only can be found in God. Come on. He goes, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. He is good. 
Matter of fact, the Bible says none is good, but one, that is God. When he's telling them, I am the good shepherd, he's equating himself with God. I am the God shepherd. And Ephesians 4.11 says this. When Jesus was ascending on high, he gave, he gave gifts to men. They called these the ascension gifts. He gave, he gave some people, uh, men, women, men, women of God, to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. We know that Jesus was an apostle. He's the apostle high priest of our uh, confession, the Bible says. We know he's a prophet, uh, a priest said himself. A prophet, it's not without honor except in his own country, among his own people. We know he was an evangelist because his first sermon, Luke, he comes out, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news. He was a proclaimer of good news. We know he was a teacher, and that's what I responded to when I read the New Testament. For he taught as one that had authority and not as the scribes. And I remember reading through the Confucianism, Taoism, the different religions. No one taught like that man taught. Nobody taught like Jesus. He taught as one that had authority. But then we have, he, he also, he, he's, the, uh, he's the pastor. He's the shepherd. Shepherd and pastor are synonymous terms. He is the good shepherd. And we use this as our ring finger. There's a connection with our heart. He cares for you intimately, knows about you, wants to help you, wants to heal you, loves you. A bruised reed, the Bible says, he will not break. What? No matter how fragile and delicate you are, he's not, gonna, he's not a herder. He's a healer. He's a carer. He's a good shepherd. On the board, I want to look at a quote by C.S. Lewis. This is, this is what C.S. Lewis says. A man who was merely a man and said the sort of things Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. He would either be a lunatic on level with the man who says he is a poached egg or else he would be the devil of hell. You must make your choice. Either this man was and is the son of God or else a madman or something worse. You can shut him up for a fool. You can spit at him and kill him as a demon or you can fall at his feet and call him the Lord and God. But let us not come with any patronizing nonsense about his being a great human teacher. He has not left that open to us. He did not intend to. He is the good shepherd. Who do you say that he is? Do you say that he is the good shepherd? You guys are so patient with me. I thank you so much. All right. This is who he is. He's a good shepherd. That's who he is. But what does he do? Now, there is a great, when I told Pastor Doug, I said, I love John 10. And I've, one of my favorite portions of text in the Bible is Psalm 23. And for me, I look at John 10 and look at Psalm 23 as these companion chapters that go back and forth. And let's, I'm going to, in your notes, we're going to take a look real quick through, through Psalm 23. And in my Bible, it's called the Lord, its title is the Lord, the shepherd of his people. It's written by King David, who also was a shepherd. And David says this, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Is he your shepherd as well? The New American Standard Bible, it's been a really cool translation. I've been reading through it recently. says, the Lord is my shepherd, I will not be in need. Do you know that, that Jesus wants to meet your needs? Come on, David said, the Lord's my shepherd. I, I, I have all that I need. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. Matthew 11 says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest. Do you need rest today? Do you need to lay down by the still waters? Come to Jesus because he says, I will give you rest. 
He restore, verse 3, he restores my soul. The word restore means to turn back, to refresh, back to a point previously departed. Have you ever been working on your computer and your computer gets a little jacked up and the programs start going a little haywire? And what's one of the first things you, you call, you phone a friend? Uh, my computer's jacked up. What do you recommend? What do they recommend to do? You guys know. Do a restart on it. And it just about fixes, <laughs> fixes all of it, doesn't it? Well, guess what? David said, he restarts my soul. He wants to restore. A re- Some of you came in this morning. You need a refresh. Come on. You need a restart. You need to go back to its original intent. Well, the Lord is my shepherd, David said. I shall not want. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Yeah, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. You're, there's a shepherd. Your rod and your staff. They comfort me. David said, though I walk through the valley. He didn't sit in the valley. He didn't put up a tent in the valley of the shadow of death. He didn't say, I'm not going any farther. He didn't crawl around. He said, no, I'm going to walk through the valley. If you are in the valley, here's the good news about valleys. Physically, my great-grandpa Gould used to live in, in, in Death Valley. So I think of the valley of the shadow of death. I think of Death Valley. He lived in Lone Pine. And we drive through the, de- through the desert. You'd think that the desert would never end, no air conditioning, and it was hot. And I wanted to get back to Newport Beach where the body surfing was real nice. And guess what? I, and I remember looking at maps and looking at the desert, and guess what? The deserts don't go on forever. There is an end to the desert, but you got to keep on going. You can't camp out. You can't quit. You can't give up because the Lord is my shepherd, and he's with me to walk with me through the valley of the shadow of death. Verse 5, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. What is the purpose of the overflowing cup? The cup of your life. And maybe you came in this morning and you feel like the, the cup of your life is maybe empty. Or you're just working on fumes. Well, David said, he's, the Lord is my shepherd. And my cup runneth over. Maybe your cup is at a quarter full. Well, can I tell you? That the Spirit of God is here to fill your cup today, half full, three-quarter full, an overflowing cup. What's the purpose of the overflowing cup? David said, my cup runs over so that not only are you full, but you have something to give to those around you as well. Come on. Maybe a blessing. Maybe a kind word. Maybe, a, maybe the prayer of faith. What do you have? And God wants you to turn your life into an overflowing cup. Finally, in verse 6, Psalm 23, surely goodness and mercy, David said, because the Lord is his shepherd. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I remember the first time the Lord spoke that verse to my heart. I was on a garbage truck out on Shaw Island. It's the, the population of Shaw Island is about 200 people. So there's not many people out there. I would do my whole garbage route, and I don't think I'd see a single soul out there. So it was me and Jesus. And I'm out there praying, Lord, I need a word. I need a word for today, Lord. And and this is, I encountered this word. Surely goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life. 
You were looking for a word for the day, but this is a word for every day. What's your portion every day if the Lord is your shepherd? Surely goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life. What's God's purpose for you today? Goodness and mercy. What about tomorrow? Goodness and mercy. What about next week? Goodness and mercy. What about next month? Goodness and mercy. What about next year? Surely goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life and you will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Jesus reveals himself to us as the good shepherd in two ways. He just reveals himself to the church as the good shepherd. He also reveals himself as the good shepherd through the church. Us as a body of believers, we get to be and reveal the good shepherd to those around us. As I was thinking about this, we become the hands, the feet, the mouthpiece, mouthpiece to those around us. I love the church. And I think of the various ministries that God uses. He uses the small group ministries, the pastoral ministries, youth ministries, celebrate, where's my celebrate recovery crew at? Celebrate recovery ministries, prayer ministry, mom's ministries, college and beyond ministries that, to reveal the good shepherd to the body of Christ. Would you stand with me this morning? God, we just thank you that you are the good shepherd. I'd like everybody this morning, everybody in the house, just to bow your head. And if, you've, if you don't know the good shepherd, but you're learning about him today, and you're like, I, I know, I understand, I hear, I believe, I believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And I want to come to Jesus, and I want to invite him into my heart, into my home, into my house. Would you raise your hand? I want to pray for you. Raise them high. Be bold. The Bible says, if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father in heaven. I see one hand. I see two hand. I see three hand. I see four hand. I see five hand. Come on. Any, everybody's head about anybody else. Look at Today is the day of salvation. The Lord is near. Yes, I see that hand. Amen. I'm going to pray. I'd like everybody to repeat after me. Say, Father, thank you for sending your son. Jesus, to die in my place. Make me new in you. Thank you for life abundantly. Be my boss, my Lord, my Savior, my friend, my King. Thank you for forgiving me of my, of my sins, my mistakes, my failures. Be the Lord of my life. Lead me by the way I should go. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I would like to invite the prayer team to come forward this morning. If you have a prayer request, prayer need, you, you need to encounter the Good Shepherd this morning, come on forward, ask for prayer, be bold, be brave. We're going to pray for you as we worship a little longer.